right, just about ready to go. We are rolling. Got my beverages. Oh. Uh, hello? Hello. I oh. am Omnicron. Did I say that right? No. I am Omnicron. Not quite. I'm uh, the COVID variant that's out there. Oh, oh no. Nice to what? meet you. I'm your other half. Fuck. everyone and welcome to sadie hawkins pod hello everyone that's right omicron did come knocking (laughs) for one of us so (laughs) been a couple of weeks to be honest we'll get to that in one second it's been a couple of weeks it really has because uh you know we didn't like advertise it but we had banged the last three episodes or so because we we're going to Jessica's parents' house for Christmas, and we had all of these plans, and then we got back. The The last banked episode was No Reaction with Ethan Luck, and then we'll talk about the Semler news, so we dropped that repost of our conversation with Semler. Uh, and then in the meantime, it's been so it's been a while, so already we got to get back into the vibe of it. We got to come back to Sadie Hawkins pod for the first time in honestly a month. I think this is the longest we've ever taken yeah. between recording anything. Yeah. So we're like, okay, well, we might be a little rusty. We got a very special song for a special occasion from this week. I am so jealous of how much air you have in your lungs right now. <laughs> and then Jessica, yes, unfortunately has tested positive for real has tested positive for covid uh not fun (laughs) not fun i'm not laughing because it's funny at all i'm laughing (coughs) because well there you go do you want me to cut that cough out it's fine that's how much i i love you guys and i love danny and i love that this is the best thing that could be happening this is not the best thing that (laughs) could be happening not at all (laughs) so we picked a song this week it's like an ironic choice this is not no, the it was best planned. Thing it was just pre-planned. <laughs> this was, was how it was going to happen. So it was planned that we would come back to do the best thing this week because the best thing that's happening this week is Jessica and I have just started celebrating our twelfth year of marriage. That's right. It will be a celebration all throughout the year. I was going to say, is this, this <laughs> like Disney where it's like our year-long celebration? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> It should be. What did I say? This is the linen. It's the linen year. 12 years. 12 years. Every day I'm going to give you a different linen gift. I found out that the 14th year of marriage is the animal anniversary. Oh, wow. For some reason. I was like, does that mean like... We get another dog? Yeah, like like pets. But I'm like, did that mean like livestock back in the day? And it's one of those years where there's no... Engineer April has been shirking her duties lately. Yeah, Engineer April is hiding right now. Yeah. But... uh, We might need to bring in another engineer friend. But we are actually doing the best thing this week because this is our wedding anniversary week. It happened a couple of days ago, and it was probably the least... It was, for sure, (laughs) the least we ever did on an anniversary day, ever. 
Um, and every once in a while, Jessica and I in our marriage will like try to backtrack and remember what we did every anniversary. It's obviously the game. We like we should write this down, but it becomes a game for us to figure out yeah. what city were we living in, what state, what did we do for that anniversary, and figure out every restaurant we went to for each anniversary. The past seven have been pretty easy because it's been here in LA. But before that, it was like every anniversary was celebrated someplace else. Right. So the, when we think about the 12th year, we'll be like, we sat at home. <laughs> we yeah. had Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> was that Pizza Hut night? I don't remember now. It was. It was. So we had Pizza Hut pizza. Danny's like, do you want me to make you something special? And I was like, I don't want anything. I just want to lay down. We were going to go for vegan Japanese food. That was what the plan was. And then it didn't happen because... Five days after I test negative, we'll do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what's going on. Well, um, so how you feeling? You feeling good? <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'm bad with the small talk. How you feeling? You doing good? You doing good? You doing? You feeling great? I don't even know what variant I have. Like, oh man, I'm so mad too. I'm so mad because I did like I had the two Pfizer originals and the Moderna booster so that I could get the extra antibodies. Meant nothing. Mr. J&J one-shot over here with his Pfizer <laughs> I got a J&J one-shot of Pfizer fine. booster. I'm like, I have green juice all the time. I go to the gym every day. <laughs> I get so sick. I'm 300 pounds and I'm like... He's fine. He's perfectly fine. <laughs> what? ridiculous. Danny like wakes up and has nachos for breakfast. <laughs> Not every day. <laughs> The fact that it's more than once. If like, there's nacho makings in the house and I don't uh, and I don't have a busy morning, it's I'm like, eh. so unfair. I don't have nachos it's for so breakfast. To say I have nachos for breakfast makes it sound like it's a constant thing. It is a thing that has happened. <laughs> Certainly. <coughs> I wear my mask like all the time. Danny will be the first one to be like, oh good, we're outside. I don't have to wear this anymore and takes it off. But I'm not an so anti-masker. He's at not all. an anti-masker at all. If, no, no, no. if someone's walking past us, I wear my mask. But if I'm like, if I've stepped outside, I'm like, okay, I can take the mask off now. So unfair. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. But over Christmas break, we took a trip to Savannah. We took our second trip to Savannah. And I'm like, I'm As a couple, yeah. I'm convinced that Paula Dean <laughs> that Paula Dean gave my gave my lady COVID. I guess I can't make you laugh too much this week. So the because we were kinda like, well, we'll make another trip to <coughs> We had our trip to Savannah last summer. Well, it was really like a one-day stop. We stayed for one night. We got to drive around. We had April hours. with us for a couple <clears throat> hours. And there was a lot of things we wanted to do that we couldn't because we had April with us. So this Christmas, we were like, well, we can drop Jessica off. Well, we, can- <laughs> we can drop April off. I get your names. I get- this is what happens. I can- We can drop April off and we can go actually do all the things in savannah we wanted to do last time and this and we didn't even like this time last time we focused on like instagram content like oh look we're in savannah relying k podcast but this time it was really just like oh there's all this cool stuff we wanted to do last (laughs) time let's just go do it it wasn't like a reliant k specific i did put together a little uh, our our little vacation footage to the song savannah we'll release that eventually yeah but the last meal we had on our two nights... It's not as good as the mountaintop one, just a heads up. 
right? Oh, well, yeah, because I guess every it's a tradition now. It's every, a other. Hopkins, every other, every yeah, other, because <laughs> we were like full swing, you know, COVID. COVID so that's right. did not go anywhere to anything for uh, twenty eleven. Right. Well, no, no, we were here. We we had dinner here. Yeah, we ordered from a seafood steak restaurant jessica didn't have the steak but we ordered for, we got like a full catered meal and i set it up with candles and jazz like i was like pretend we're at the fancy 100 200 plate steak restaurant and you cute. won't have steak it was very cute we did that so yeah we went to savannah and paula Deen, the paula Deen restaurant was the last meal we had in Savannah on that two-day trip. And we blame Paula Deen. Well, the thing is, I were, it was the it only was place the we were at where they weren't wearing masks. Like, was, the wait staff was not wearing masks, and we were like, oh. And they sat us in a corner sketch. in, like, this upstairs area with an air conditioner right there. I'm like, it was the place where I felt the least safe in the last two years, flat out. Like, I remember in early months of COVID when they were talking about, they were actually doing some quick and dirty science behind like air conditioners in restaurants and positions and who got COVID that night and who was in the flow of the air conditioner. And I was like, uh. and surprisingly, most of Savannah was pretty good. Most of Savannah they had, like, as you were going into stores and stuff, there were little signs on the doors that were like, hey, we would prefer it if you wore, right. you know, a mask like the the city of Savannah would prefer it. It's totally different than when we went to Florida back in July to help because Jessica's father had cancer and we were there to help with that. And he's, you know, totally recovered. I think we mentioned that in a previous episode, yeah, right? Yeah, he had, he, I, I flew down ahead of time for uh, his surgery. Right. And we were there to, to help. help with that. Um, when I was there, like wearing a mask everywhere in central Florida, I got the sense of like... South Florida? So, South Florida. And as far up as central Florida, we drove to central Florida sometimes. But I was like, I got the sense of like people looking at me like oh, a little, little weirdo wearing a mask <laughs> there was one guy we went to i don't remember a bonefish or something and someone and i was wearing a mask and this group of like like actually like sort of southerny florida guys passed by me as i was running out to the car to get your get they the wearing for you. vineyard vines or budweiser hats because there's two different kinds it was kind of a mix of that kind of florida guy it was kind of like oh i know kind, the type it's kind of like a polo shirt like they definitely worked for a roofing company but they were like <laughs> the higher up guys at the roofing company and they the one of them took a look at me and he just went over not to just like just like he looked at me. And was How like, do these people not have COVID? Uh, I don't understand. It's so unfair. I don't know. Guys, but, please take COVID seriously. And we took it very seriously. And yeah. it's very unfortunate that this happened. But, you know, uh, it happens, I guess. It happens all the time. So I'm so sorry, Jess. I want you to know that I want to make your life as good as you've made mine. Aww. And that you're the best thing that could be happening. Thanks, babe. To me, and I appreciate that you're podcasting tonight because you should you should be sleeping. Let's all thank Jessica <laughs> that she wanted to make sure this episode happened this week. Like I was like, are you, how are you feeling? Like I kind of wanted to get it done, and I wouldn't say like I was like, oh no, don't worry, we won't do it. 
but she oh, was he like, absolutely did not at any point say, oh, don't worry, we won't do it. He's just like, so you ready to po- do the podcast now? And I'm like, oh, I still, yeah, I still have to do my deep dive. You're making me sound like a monster. I was trying to say that you're the one who really wanted to make, you also wanted to make sure this happened. We were actually supposed to have this conversation after we did the voicemails because we got a fun, exciting voicemail. And I didn't want this part to put a damper on that part. That, but now the voicemail will lift us out of that. There you go. The voicemail will lift us out of that. But everyone, everybody, please get on the social media at Sadie Hawkins Pod oh no. at Abstract oh no. Ratio oh no. and it's tell okay. Jessica don't. how much we all appreciate please don't. her. Please don't. It's totally fine. Please don't. <laughs> tell her she's the best thing that could be no, happening. No, no, no. Please don't. And make sure you spell happening <laughs> no. with an apostrophe, not a G. It's a okay. So yes, we do have voicemails. We have a couple voicemails from last time. And you know, there was like that voicemail from David Catch wishing us uh, Merry Christmas and we had to drop it ahead of time because we were banking all those episodes. Well, let's hear a couple of these voicemails that we had left over from before Christmas or before New Year's. This one is from December 29th. Let's see who's calling. Hey guys. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Boxing Day, Happy Kwanzaa, all of that. Um, I'm a little bit behind this week. Christmas has really, like, started, and then it was like a snowball effect, and I was like, I was never getting any free time to just, like, chill and listen to the podcast. So I'm a little bit behind still listening to Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, and um, I haven't made my way all the way through yet. You guys are still debating on bogs or bows. I'm telling you. It's just like Danny said, it's like a regional dialect thing. I think it's more so like tomato, tomato. Honestly. Um, Who the fuck says tomato? Nobody Who the says fuck tom- says bogs? Exactly. Nobody says tom- <laughs> tomato. Not anymore. Right? What's that? That's Manny Get Your Gun. That song that you say tomato, <laughs> I say tomato. It's like okay, it's people. Like, it's people like aunt say, and aunt, except right. so people say aunt because they want to sound fancy. But if you actually break down the English language, the proper utilization is aunt. Like the way you were supposed to pronounce it is aunt. Right. But that Annie get your gun song. You say tomato, I say tomato. People did potato, say potato. Well, people did say tomato. That was a thing. Well, let's call that was the whole set thing up off to a point. <laughs> but I don't think anybody ever said potato. Whoever said potato, even back then, I don't think anybody said potato. Cole Porter, whoever wrote that song, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who wrote that musical. I also think that the bogs and bogs thing it could be regional, but it also seems to just be a flexible pronunciation for the christmas song that you've written that just reminds me that we had to dress up as historical figures one year i don't remember what i feel like i was in fourth grade and i dressed up as annie oakley and so i like had to do like a whole research paper thing on annie oakley nice and so like i know all about annie oakley there's some really unfortunate pictures when you get into that whole like uh uh wild bill traveling show and stuff and yeah yeah i would never dress up as annie oakley now but like Mm. But Fourth anyway, grade, Jessica loved cowboys and stuff. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Bogs and Bogues, I think it's like, 
I th- whatever. I think it's like a flexible syllable that you can change depending on how you're writing your song. Bows, bogues, and bogs. Bows, bogues, and That's bogs. my favorite Guy Fieri show. <laughs> it's the Christmas edition. You can pronounce it however you want because it comes from We Wish You a Merry Christmas, which we watched uh, Meet Me in St. Louis, the song that it comes from that has uh, Wizard of Oz Lady in it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this song's so sad. What is wrong with you people? Judy Garland. I think I'm going to kill Jessica if I make her laugh too much. (laughs) Happy 12 year anniversary of Kill Jessica. So, anyway. I'm not unconvinced Danny didn't like give me COVID but not get it himself. Yeah, oh, by the way, I tested negative. We didn't say that (laughs) explicitly, but I've been testing negative. We've taken two tests days apart and I'm still coming back negative. Yeah, so uh, I don't think it's really, like, make or break for the song. And also, it could be because of the Ohio region. Maybe they say it a certain way in Ohio. Um, I don't know. Just throwing that out there. My two cents. Put them in my penny loafers. Um, hope you guys had a great holiday. And have a great New Year's because that's that's coming up in a couple days. So, all right, catch you on the flippity flop. Oh, I'm sure you can tell, but this is Lindy. Bye. So, did you have a good holiday, Jess? We so, had a great holiday. We did. We had a great holiday. We had a really good time. It's lovely. At least your COVID came in at the very end of the whole thing, so it's not like Christmas Day or New Year's Eve no. you were laid no. up. Oh, when she when it first happened, we had like had some wine to drink the night before, and I thought Jessica was just like kind of wine hungover, but it just kept going and kept going throughout the day. I'm like, something's wrong. Well, I had a, we won't go into details, but I had a very bad nausea bout for the day, and those particular symptoms that I was experiencing were not usually tied to COVID, and so we just did not. We just were like, ah, it's like a. 24-hour bug or something and so did not think much of it uh although we were frantically trying to get tests i was like i want to get tests i want to get tested even when we went to savannah i was nervous just leaving like our little safe bubble of where we were at at my parents house and only seeing them and my aunt and uncle who you know have also been boosted and you know we know you know who all they've seen and stuff and so I i was very much like I want to get tests. Let's find rapid tests or whatever. Couldn't find rapid tests anywhere. Could not get in for a test anywhere between Savannah and where we were at in South Florida, even for like 50 miles. I set the search for right. within those parameters and I we could not find testing anywhere. Yeah. And I just so happened to order tests off Amazon and they weren't supposed to get in for two weeks. And then the day after we got home, they, were just uh, there. they they managed to show up and actually earlier that day before they showed up we had already we had already pre-scheduled uh video visits with our doctor to try and get tests through them and they couldn't schedule us until today wednesday of this week so it just so happened that the that the rapid test came in early yeah i apologize like I have many times before on this podcast for my voice. <laughs> it's that's a sexy droll, sexy, sexy <laughs> cigarette bar. I really need to cut down. So we have another voicemail that's preparing us for la- a discussion later in the episode. This is not 
the voicemail you're expecting. This oh. is somebody else. Right on. And here's that voicemail. What's up? This is Tom Alex, infrequent listener, one-time guest, first-time caller. I've been led to believe that on this episode they're going to be doing, you'll be talking about Jay Leno. So I just want to take this opportunity to say that Jay Leno is human garbage. I hate him. Anyone who likes Jay Leno, either for his comedy or his humanity, is an idiot. Please, please, please understand that Jay Leno is shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex feels wow, very strong, strong about his Jay Leno. about Jay Leno, feelings. goodness. We love Jay Leno because he had Reliant K on. Yeah. <laughs> and Conan O'Brien. <laughs> so I'm sure Alex would be perfectly comfortable with us saying we love Jay Leno because he had Reliant K on multiple times. I understand. But that's the only criteria, though, <laughs> yeah. that we I under- measure this. I understand. I know about the Jay Leno hate. I've never. He sounds like he lives rent free in Alex's mind, so to speak. <laughs> But I know I understand that why people hate him, and I, I all and I agree. I agree with the criticisms against Jay Leno uh, that I have heard because you know when I was a kid, I watched Jay Leno because I loved Saturday Night Live in the '90s, and I would stay up to watch Saturday Night Live, and it was a natural extension that I was already watching NBC, so I would watch Conan and Leno. I kind of missed Dave in the 90s because I was just thought I was an NBC person. I just was like, I love watching NBC because of Conan and Saturday Night Live and Leno is just something that comes along with it. And then I had a very distinct, this is not to the problems of Jay Leno, like the social problems or anything like that. But uh, there was one joke he did where it was like, now we're going to teach you why never to put a raw egg in the microwave. And then it cuts to someone putting a raw egg in a microwave. And then a guy in a chicken suit comes up and hits him on the head and takes the egg out. And then Jay Leno was like, that was the stupidest thing we've ever done on this show. I hated that. That was so stupid. But he was completely sincere, right? And I was like, that was hilarious to me. I was like, that's hilarious. And I'm like, oh, I guess Jay Leno and I aren't on the same comedic wavelength. Like, he did a joke that would have been on Letterman or Conan. How did you feel about the it. film Microwave Massacre from the 1980s, Danny? It was not great. It was really bad. It was a comedy. It was a parody. But with like the, the it was a slasher parody of the time. But it was, like, not very good at all. Just asking. Because then I come home that day after I watched it, and I was like, I hated this movie. You're just asking because you know I've seen it. No, you mentioned, like, eggs in a microwave. You mentioned a microwave, <laughs> period. Yeah, well, it's not a very good movie. Anyway, not even, like, good, not even bad. Leave me good. alone. I have COVID. <laughs> Who knows where thoughts come from? So... <laughs> Where do thoughts come from? So that's an existential question that goes through my mind all the time that I don't like trying to answer. Right. <laughs> so I oh, know I that... haven't taken my anxiety medicine yet today. <laughs> that just reminds me. So I understand, Alex. I don't know what speci- why specifically which points make Alex hate Leno, but I know of like a lot of the comedy that he had punched down, like mocks mm. races, like Asian people were constant battering ram for his jokes and like women and like you know ditzy women and like all the monica Lewinsky jokes and any joke mm. on any sort of like celebrity <clears throat> I think that woman. was like anybody at that it time was, though, yeah but then like any celebrity woman who was less than completely on par with some sort of like ridiculous ideal would be like a punching bag of like this woman's ditzy and stupid and 
Like there were those jaywalking oh, segments I'm where they would Alex block people. I'm with Alex on this one then. <laughs> so I understand. I completely understand the Jay Leno hate. Now, as far as I know, uh, Reliant K only had good experiences on The Tonight Show. We know that Schneck's son was not in... Pro- oh, you know what? John Schneck's son and Alex probably on the same wavelength because he was not... <laughs> Schneck's son was not impressed that Reliant K was on The Tonight Show, but he was impressed, as the story goes, that that video is on YouTube. So, mentioning that... Please also, I know he he meant... Please also give our our next caller uh, time codes. Thank you. (laughs) I don't want our next caller to listen to the whole opening of this episode. (laughs) I'm going to clip it out. Okay. So, don't worry. So... With that, we can get to the next caller, and then we'll get into the discussion of the song. So this is, I think this might be the last song we have to talk about on this show overall with a music video. With oh, an official wow, music really? video. I'm pretty sure we've covered all of the music videos after today. Well, Reliant K, we need you to come back with new music, not just <laughs> tours, and give us some new music videos to exactly. talk about. Exactly. Because there's, I mean, we've done Candy Hearts, and we've done, I'm trying to think of the the, less, the least likely ones. There's Candy Hearts, there's Mountaintop, we've done all those. We did Must Have Done Something Right. We did uh, Pressing On. I think we've done Be everything. Be My Escape. Be My Escape. So there was a music video for this song, and when I mentioned that, I asked John Schneck if he had any information about the music video. Because the music video is a little bit of a mystery. And in fact, one of the first times that, the first time that John ever called the show, not that he does it all the time, but the first time he ever called our show a couple years ago, he called up because he listened to it, and we had said, oh, I don't think there's a music video for That's the right. best thing, because right. it's not on YouTube. It's like <clears throat> yeah. copyright claimed falsely to be blocked on YouTube. You can only find it on GodTube right That's right. <laughs> and Daily Motion. So John called up and he said, no, there is a music video. I remember because I was in it. Well, now John's going to tell us a story about the day. That's Mr. Schneck to you. Mr. Schneck is going to call is calling up now with a story about the day they shot that video. Show some respect, Daniel. Hey, what's up? Uh, John here. He just called himself John. He didn't say Mr. Schneck. So here's my story about the best thing video. So I don't remember all of the details because it was a long time ago but the story goes something like my wife flew out my wife cut that out no (laughs) i'm more referencing that doug benson has claimed that as his constant thing on douglas movies okay so you have to also be a fan of doug benson to know that to know that he ironically will not let the my wife joke die what's the crossover of sadie hawkins pod and at the movies (laughs) or whatever his name the name of his podcast is me to la for that weekend i think we did a late night show that same weekend i don't remember but we filmed the best thing video in some really sketch part of downtown LA. Um, That's all of downtown LA. Warehouses and, (laughs) you know, like rundown things everywhere. Um, Just like warehouses and, you know, like rundown things everywhere. So anyway, uh, this was like pre-days of Uber and even really like, um, sorry, I'm grilling at the moment. Even like, 
gosh, I don't even think that Lindsay had a credit card. I don't remember. We were young. Anyway, but she basically, we checked out of the hotel, went to the video shoot. Oh, well, I know what I was going to say. It's pre-Google Maps. She's got a credit card. Uh, pre-Google Maps. That's what it was. And so anyway, so she goes to the, we leave, we go this place that we don't know where it is. We just sort of have an address. We leave it to her and we leave and like, you know, she had to check out of the hotel like three or four hours later. So then she like leaves and tries to find us. And basically, long story short, she runs out of money. So she takes a cab. Oh no. And she had like, I don't know, 35 bucks or something in cash on her, but the cab didn't take cards. Right, because it'd be like 2007 or something. So smartphones are brand new at the time. And even if you had... Because the song was recorded in like 06 and came out in 07. Oh, no. Also, like the first generation, even if she had an iPhone... The first generation iPhone wasn't even out at that point. It didn't have pinpoint GPS. But it didn't, yeah, no. (laughs) Because we lived in New York City when when we had our first iPhones. And it couldn't pinpoint you. No, it had you maps. Would open but you open You had to use it like a like almost like a map. Like quest. a map, like yeah. a map that you yeah. unfolded. Yeah, you would have to figure out where you are and then follow the the route that you have to map out. And it would only give you this wide circle. Like sometimes, if your GPS on your phone uh, doesn't have the full connection and you get a wide circle of where it's like you're somewhere in here, that was all you could do with first generation iPhones. Yeah, and it was like eventually, like in second gen, I think they finally upgraded it that like through your provider you could have it do like turn by turn navigation but it killed your battery instantly which happened to us when we went to see reliant k at revgen yeah we went to see reliant k at revgen festival and because it was like in a field in the middle of new jersey (laughs) jessica had that service (laughs) turn by turn on her phone that she had to pay extra for yeah and it killed the battery in like 20 minutes yeah because the the program was so massive anyway so basically she got to where her – and the cab didn't know where he was going. He couldn't find the place. So he was driving around like downtown L.A. And then she basically was like, hey, I just ran out of money. And, uh, he, you know, I can like pay you more. Like I can get it for you when we get there. But like just the heads up like I've hit my limit or whatever. And so he lets her out. <gasps> and he's just like, give me the money that you have. and. Oh. No. I, like let her out in downtown LA. Oh no. And, um anyway, so then she tries to get a hold of us, but we're all like filming a music video. So she's dragging like multiple luggage, like big like roller l- luggage bags and you know, this is a nightmare. Like, <laughs> I'm so concerned. The super sketch area and like all these people like are bothering her and coming <gasps> up to her and like all sort of stuff. Oh, and that's I where the legit voice would just be like, "Fuck your band." <laughs> like, this was not worth anything. Well, One that's... time we went to DTLA, and a guy came up to us like as we got out of our Uber and was like, "Hey, hey, I just saw a guy get stabbed. I just saw a guy get stabbed." And we were like, oh, "Were you the one doing the stabbing? What? What? Like?" I think he was excitedly leaving the scene and just told the first person he saw that he saw it, and he, it happened to be us. <laughs> but- I've seen fi- I've seen I've seen some stuff because DTLA happens to be 
one of the areas that it is less expensive to shoot in in Los Angeles for very good reasons. And so I've been on some shoots where, man, we have seen some things because my heart goes out to Lindsay, Mrs. Schnack. Like, oh. It's also where the Lakers play. That's the thing. And the Kings. And the Kings. <laughs> Same place. All those The Crypto.com so that's where the voicemail ends, and unfortunately, we don't know how it ends. We don't know how the story ends. She was taking a sip. No, John called back, and this is what he had to say to f- finish the story. Uh, all right, sorry, I got cut off. So anyway, so she's walking around downtown LA, and she doesn't, like, know where she is. She has no idea where she is. She may have, like, had a map quest or something, like a printout. It sounds like ancient to say those words, but um, anyway, so she can't find where she's going. She's uh, she she ends up getting stuck out there for like over an hour, like wandering around downtown LA uh, and like kind of the Skid Row area. Um, oh no! And literally. Like, just avoiding just, like, homeless people and, um, anyway, so we, she finally gets a hold of, um, our manager and he sends a runner out for her because, like, we didn't have cars, so he sends, like, someone that was, like, kind of on staff there and he had to just literally just drive around L.A. and she just, like, kind of just described like what she was seeing and she ended up being oh like still a couple miles away from where we were oh um anyway made it and she was none too happy with that experience but uh oh. she was safe that was not the best thing uh, funny story all right that's my the best thing story all right <laughs> that was not the best thing that could have been happening absolutely not <laughs> I just started imagining because there's because in the music video there's the girl who's going around like the city taking <laughs> to taking those Insta camera photos. Right. So it'd be funny if that wasn't part of the music video originally, <laughs> and the director hears about Schneck's wife going through this issue and trying to describe over the phone where she is, and the director's like, "Oh, that gives me this great idea. Someone going through the city taking pictures, and that inspires the whole concept of the video." And Skid Row is so weird because you get to that one part where it's like you're also in the, like the flower district and you're and this, like, oh, and the this toy is district. so weird. And the toy district. I know I've yeah. said this on the podcast before, but there is no more horrifying <laughs> area of Los Angeles it's like Gotham. than the toy district. It is like Gotham City. It's straight up Batman. You're like, what is this? No, there is a super villain lurking about here. It is like Tim Burton's mm-hmm. Gotham City. Hold to edit out Jessica's cough. Yep. Nice edited out cough there. And we, yeah, we'll talk about the song now. So yeah, that was not the best thing wow. that could have been happening. But that is a great story, though. In hindsight, not as it's happening. Right. It's horrifying as it happens. The, the pitfalls of rock and roll lifestyle right there. You know what I mean? It's like that famous image of uh, of the Beatles getting on the train and one of their wives accidentally gets left behind on the station and like a camera was there and caught it. 
I, I think it might have been Lennon's first wife. I don't Probably. really know. I'm not like a Beatles aficionado, but I've seen that documentary where they talked about it. One of the documentaries where they talked about that footage. So, but that's not like that at all. Because John's still with his wife, and that's wonderful. Just like you and I are still together. So, that's wonderful. John sent us a picture of the burgers he was making while he was telling that story. Oh, nice. They looked delicious. Oh. Now, I'm going pescatarian in the new year for real this time i also <laughs> finished watching okja which i started watching okja back in like october i know the movie's from 2017 but i watched like the first half an hour of it i'm like this is kind of i like bong joon ho but i'm like this is not like catching on for me right now and then i finished the rest of it today i saw the rest of okja and i'm like i'm not eating factory farm ever Good. again <laughs> it served its purpose for me so, um, anyway, the best thing, I like this song. Yeah, it's it's a jam. I also really love the cover art for this single. It's very that 70s show theme song vibes. Oh, I don't think I have seen the cover it's art. It's all the guys sitting in a car. I would imagine it's supposed to be like a Reliant K or something. Mm, I'll have to look that up real quick. It's like an old American car of some kind. Where did you find it? Is, is there a Wikipedia for this page? There is. There's also a wiki wand for this song. Oh. So according to Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen this. Teeson is quoted as calling this song the anti-Daniel Powder bad day song. It's straight up positive, although a citation is needed. <laughs> <laughs> and it also says this song was used for promotion for ABC's fall preview week. I saw that. Citation needed. <laughs> It probably was, though, because I can't remember if, and maybe you'll you'll tell me if you came across this in your deep dive or not. It was either this or must have done something right was used in, the, like, either the 07 or 08 Cubs, like, previews, promotion videos. Well, you asked the right guy to give you an answer about sports. I'll tell you for sure. Well, it, I came across it in YouTube in a deep dive at some point for no, a different song that. quite a while oh, okay. ago. Okay. So this song... Uh, like I think more than must have done something right there's definitely a thing for this I'm trying to put this as trying to put this as delicately as possible because this is definitely a uh what do you call it an open-handed insult or a closed fist insult what do they call that whatever when you're backhanded compliment backhanded compliment thank you this is definitely gonna be a backhanded compliment but this is like the I feel like this is the most uh, Reliant K reaching for a radio single, but in a nice way with a result that I really enjoy. But there's part of me that listens to this song and I, I'm like, except for maybe the bridge, which the bridge has that sort of undeniable Reliant K chord progression, like feeling like this feels like something that Reliant K and Matt Thiessen specifically wrote. The, the 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 rest of the thrust of the song i'm like you could give this to a lot of i feel like you could give that song to a lot of different artists different rock artists different pop punk artists different alt rock artists and probably even different like pop artists you could have given this song and i think they all and i think almost any of them could sort of like create a version of this that could be really big on the radio like i feel like kelly clarkson of the time could have had this song and he's in for kelly clarkson clarkson at that time that, I believe. They, yeah so, yeah and just as much as like a kelly clarkson version of this song could exist also like uh an andrew mc this he could have given this song to andrew mcmahon for like some jack's mannequin like you know uh something corporate 
sort of transition time period. And you never know, that could be just from that having that major label influence, because we've read a a number of different like articles and interviews where it is alluded to that, you know, there was out of all of the Reliant K albums, out of all their discography, this was sort of one of the more uh, meddled with albums, like where there was definitely another voice coming in. There was another voice coming. It's their thrash album. It's their dark (laughs) album. No, I know what you mean. So, you know, and there's also like, say, Blink-182. Actually, there's like two facets to what I'm about to say. But like with Blink-182 on... uh, Poor Jesse's trying to breathe. (laughs) I was leaning back so you wouldn't hear it. I know, but it still hurts my heart. Sorry. To hear your lungs. So with uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, the song's rock show. Danny, this is a (laughs) family-friendly podcast. I'll have to bleep that. Like rock show and first date were allegedly written. Like the, the, the story goes that they turned in that album without those two songs. And that the label was not happy. And it's like, we need like a pot, some poppy radio songs. So both Mark and Tom went off and wrote like what were essentially like FUs to the label. Well, like we'll write the poppiest songs ever. And then they were, and then they were hits. First date is my favorite Blink-182 song. Right. And it's like one of Tom DeLonge's least favorite songs ever. He hates it. Right. For this reason. But it's always funny because I don't think Blink-182 is the only example of this where like a label tells an artist, we need a poppy song. And then they go and they write a song that's like so deliberately poppy that it's almost satire for the artist who has written it. But it's not, it doesn't actually come off as satire to the world at large, and it becomes a major hit. There's definitely stories of that happening in the 80s, especially with like, uh, like glam rock bands who didn't consider themselves glam rock, but sort of who ended up in that category. Yeah. But I also know like Sarah Bareilles, that not going to write you a love song song. It was literally like an FU to the label saying, we want you to write a love song. But then like, ironically against her wishes she writes like a satire of it and like an f you to the label but it just it just becomes that exactly what the label asked for right. and for for blink 22 it became exactly what the label asked for so in some ways i hear this song more than must have done something right yeah i hear there's some sort of weird noise happening upstairs too Sorry, Sounds there's like just a train going through our upstairs. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe apartment. there's a blow up mattress upstairs, <laughs> but uh, I was gonna say that like when I hear best thing more than must have done something right, which is maybe most people consider that their sort of poppiest hit. I feel like must I feel like best thing really is something that could could and should have been more mainstream and must have done something right is more Reliant K. Best Thing feels a little less Reliant K. We and actually Best had thing... this conversation off mic for our 10-year wedding anniversary, oh. which was our first year doing the <laughs> podcast, I believe. I don't remember this right now. Because I wanted to do the best thing for our anniversary episode, and That's you right. really wanted to do Must Have Done Something Right. And I was like, no, I want to do Best Thing. And we went back and forth on it, and you sort of gave me this same spiel about how you felt that there was more, not integrity, but you were more into Must Have Done Something Right. And so I acquiesced I and was like, sure. Yeah, I felt like Must Have Done Something Right. Now, I, I do remember that now. And that was our wedding anniversary right before the pandemic. Yes. And then later on, we were like, well, now we can save. It's been a year filled with problems for when COVID's over. Right. <laughs> and it's never, is it going to be over? But 
Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I do remember that now. So must have done something right to me is must. I'm, I'm, I got that title correct. Must have done something <laughs> right to me is Reliant K funneled into a attempt at like at radio pop at its in its time of 2007 but not losing the dna to me of what makes a reliant k song but then best thing i feel like except for the bridge which i think is loaded with tons of reliant k dna i feel like most of best thing is sort of like it it really feels like reliant k writing a song that's like super radio pop big dramatic gonna get you in the feels uh, and that you could give this song to other artists and it wouldn't be off. So yeah, in that way, I feel like Must Have Done Something Right has a little bit more integrity. And I can say for, for Reliant K has more integrity for their like history and artistic flow up to that point. But looking on uh, YouTube, the best thing was not played live as much after these tours for for five score after touring for five score they played during the tours for five score they played best thing a bunch but then they didn't play it as much after that as they did must have done something right so i don't know if that's deliberate there's tons of songs by all kinds of artists like major um you know singles that you think you go to a concert and they're like oh they're gotta play that single because like well the first time i saw blink 182 was on the tour for enema of the state sorry to bring up blink 182 twice but they didn't play josie and i was so upset i was like i can't believe they didn't play josie and it's only one year after dude ranch and that was a single and they just didn't play it that night and i was like really disappointed but that just kind of happens like sometimes the lesser singles don't necessarily get played too much later or sometimes on. they have so many bops that they're like we can only put so many bops in this lineup when we <laughs> saw john mayer uh he didn't play your body is a wonderland and i was bummed because i was like i thought that would just be standard in there and then he played it like the next show but uh, it's just that he has so many jams that it's like he just kind of cycles through them well, this song peaked at number 47 on the top 40 charts so not in the top 40 and must have done something right, peaked at number 45. Okay. So two spaces ahead was must have done something right. Uh, Like we've said, this song was performed on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno on April 12, 2007. And around mid-February of 2008, the song was released on Christian Hit Radio. It was the 18th most played song of 2008 on U.S. contemporary Christian music radio stations, according to R&R Magazine's Christian CHR chart. The song was included on the Wow Hits 2009 album compilation, (laughs) uh, according to Wikipedia. All very fascinating because this is a secular song. Yes. This is oh, but do you want to a, sell that to the folks over at Song Meanings? Because yeah, sure. Because it's a secular song. Now I understand uh, that I, lo- I I lose the culture war for it be my escape. I, I understand that most people, and probably it is a fact that be my escape was written to be about a relationship with the Lord. But uh, then my fall back my concession to be my escape is to say well at least could we say that it was deliberately written to be interpreted both ways that's be my escape this the best thing it's about falling in love with a woman period there's no other interpretation and like i know that it's like all the same vernacular when it comes to like talking about our love for the lord by our i mean like 
Christians, humanity, the love general, for the Lord, yeah. the general are. Like, when it comes to talking about our love for the Lord, it's all the same vernacular that gets used, not just in pop, not just in, like, the last, you know, couple generations, but going back a long way in the Bible itself, like, talking about love for people and love for the Lord. It's all the same vocabulary. So I understand how things can get mixed up here and there or misinterpreted. But, like, he's talking about finding a soulmate and being happy and... There's looking into eyes. Like, yes, you can look into the eyes of the Lord and dare to stare right back. That's right, because if the Lord (laughs) opens the eyes of your heart, you'll be able to see him. Exactly. But then, like, to make your life as good as you've made mine. Right. Like, that's stretching it too much. I understand the metaphor of looking into the eyes of the Lord, but there is no, like... There's no interpretation. There's no common uh, poetic take where you say, Lord, I'm going to make your life as good as you've made mine. Like, you don't right. make the lot. You, you don't could make even God make an argument life. for, like, nice to meet you. I'm your other half. But right. yeah, it is a stretch. And, but I, again, absolutely. there, that's not the correct, that's not the correct <laughs> vernacular I would think of when you're talking to the Lord. Because if you have found Christ and welcomed and asked him to be in your heart. You don't say, oh, Christ, you're now my other half. That's not how it works. Your Christ becomes you. You've become washed in the blood. It's like the God is my co-pilot. You know the God is my co-pilot bumper stickers? It's hardcore. And then there, but then there was this whole generation of pastors and youth leaders who were like, those bumper stickers are wrong. God is not supposed to be your co-pilot. He's supposed to be your pilot and your the co-pilot to God running your life. Now, I've only seen the ones that say my other car is a Millennium Falcon. Exactly. Yes. And Chewbacca is my co-pilot. Yeah. But when you say God looks you in the eyes and says, nice to meet you. I'm your other half. God's not supposed to be your other half. He's not supposed to be half of you. He's supposed to be all of you or that riddle. There's like this Christian riddle of God doesn't want to be a part of your life. It's a riddle. It means he doesn't want to be a part of your life. He wants to be your entire life. I remember they they did this. I'd heard this riddle at multiple churches. Is that like the footprints thing? (laughs) It is kind of like the footprints thing. But I don't know. Like the footprints thing is just so perfect to frame and put on a wall. (laughs) I don't know if the God doesn't want to be a part of your life thing. That's kind of the point is it's supposed to confront you and you're supposed to be confused at first and then realize what it means. So I don't think like that's a nice thing that you put up on a wall just in case someone doesn't understand what it means. (laughs) And they think that they're literally saying God doesn't want you in his life. Oh, right. He's carrying you. It took me a second to remember what the the footprints thing was and why it turned into one set of footprints because... I always think back to the Danny made an alternate version of that, a very early Danny meme, which I actually made for him because he used to just talk about it. And I had better Photoshop skills at that time where he was like, he always made fun of those. I basically (laughs) rewrote the sand story. It's like I was walking on the beach with a bear and I turned to the bear and said, bear, why did your footprints disappear in the hardest times of my life? And the bear said, Because the bear ate you. I get that, it. Jessica thinks the bear ate you, but I was just like, the bear is just a bear. I mean, maybe maybe he like playfully swiped at you and didn't know his own strength. That was an early draft of MXPX memes yes. that was thrown out long ago. <laughs> I've got that file somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> 
So, oh, speaking of, yeah. nice to meet you. I'm your other half. What's that? <laughs> when Danny and I first started dating, and oh. I've teased this this on the podcast before, and I'm pretty sure we've ended up editing it out because Danny's gone, no, 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 no. He doesn't <laughs> want that story out you there. You can say it now. This is the time to say it. It's literally the lyrics to the song. <laughs> when you're a 19-year-old girl... And you meet a guy and you start dating. And on your very first date, he says, I want you to be my first and last girlfriend. That is the equivalent of nice to meet you. I'm your other half. And warning, it might kind of make her want to run a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. He was right, though. Hey. It was true. I got my hooks in you. (laughs) You ain't getting away. Jessica, I'm so sorry. So with, uh, I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but my, uh, what, am I, what am I calling it? Next, next evangelical, not evangelical. Basically, you know how like lots of people are ex-evangelical now. They're like deconstructing their history of their faith and all this stuff. And uh, I realized from this, and I've been talking about a bunch on the podcast, I just put a name to it, next evangelical. <laughs> I was never evangelical. I thought I was. I thought I was raised in evangelical churches, but it turns out, as the conversation is opened up to this global audience, I'm like, oh, I wasn't. This is like a totally different thing everyone else is talking about. So when I am 20-something years old and I've never had a girlfriend and I kiss Jessica... On the ET ride at Universal, and then I'm like, I want to take you out on a date, and where you're my girlfriend now. Nice to meet you. I'm you're my girlfriend now, <laughs> and I say I want you to be my first and only girlfriend. To me, it's like this is destined, and it's not necessarily just because. I'm of, sorry, like, you said I want I you raised. to be my first and my last girlfriend, and you use the word last, which has I such a final. Like there's so much finality. If I in said that. only, it would have been a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I needed a revision before it came out of my face. <laughs> it absolutely sounded like you planned on killing me. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't a Christian religious thing. Because I'm gonna keep you in my basement <laughs> for a while, and when I'm done. It sort of was tangential to that, but basically, like, my whole life, I was, like, so stricken with social anxiety when it came to girls that it was, like, absolutely impossible to talk to them, much less... It was literally impossible to talk to them, so I couldn't get a girlfriend throughout my teen years, into my 20s, and I was just so, uh, just so... It was so easygoing and so... Such a friendship with Jessica that it was... And she liked me back... Without us having to, without me having to be stricken with that like insurmountable fear, in my adolescence, I reverse engineered an evangelical thing onto it, where I was like, "Oh, I have been incapable of talking to girls my entire life. There's nothing I want more than a girlfriend just to hug." Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even like necessarily. It was. It got just like a. Uh, wet hot american summer at the end it's like i want to hug you and kiss you and yes we'll have sex but it's mostly about you <laughs> that's kind of where it was for me it's like yeah like yeah i just wanted just to talk to a girl just to get a hug just to get a kiss or whatever right so i reverse engineered through like going to sort of non-denominational churches and the whole i kiss dating goodbye thing where i found those things and like oh this will give purpose 
to my crippling social anxiety, which has made it impossible for me to communicate with the opposite sex. This will give purpose to that. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm like this old and I've never even like had any kind of relationship with a girl. So by the time I met Jessica, I was like, that's where I was coming from. Like this self-imposed thing, trying to make sense of this social crippling anxiety and very embarrassing so thanks for bringing it up this is not the best thing that could be happening right now well at least you don't have covid thank you very much for listening to sadie hawkins pod if you want to support us please rate and review us on apple podcasts or wherever you listen and you can also interact with the show by calling our voicemail line 402-95-SADIE Check out our Instagram and Twitter, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. There you can see the visuals that we discuss each week, and you can send emails to us at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. Also, sadiehawkinspod.com is your one-stop shop for all our social links and to get to our Tee Public store for shirts, mugs, and stickers of all our various logo designs. Treat yourself to a Sadie Hawkins Pod shirt or confuse a loved one by gifting one to them. We would also like to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Isaac, James, Kindell, Timothy, Daniel, Josh, Jay, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Twice a month, we have bonus episodes, including reviews of the songs from K is for Karaoke, And you can hear our backlog of bonus episodes, including reading through the entire complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind book that Reliant K did or did not write. You'll have to go over there to find out who wrote it. So donate that money today. What you gonna do? You sitting on that money? You got that stimmy check from years ago? (laughs) Send it our way. Send it our way. Send ye our way. Send ye money our way. So as I was saying before, I <laughs> was so <laughs> rudely interrupted by our Patreon read. Um, I just had a couple other notes on this song. So I did reach out to Polly Alex and to Emma from Punko's Pod. Oh, nice. Since there are, since Alex is our resident Andrew McMahon fan, and Emma is also a fan of Andrew McMahon, I was just double checking what they thought. How Andrew McMahonish is this song? Because there is a lot of piano on mm-hmm. There's plenty of piano on mm-hmm. But this is the album that solidifies Reliant Case transition into a piano-based band. And I think that like this song really... I think this song is the centerpiece of Reliant K piano-based music. I mean, it opens with that strumming guitar chord that sustains and that piano at the exact same moment like equal ground right off the bat yeah it's when they brought in john schneck as the additional guitarist so that teasing could focus more on pianos exactly so that's just kind of like reminded me of andrew mcmahon as we've learned a little bit more about him and the stuff that he's worked on with teasing and i i wonder now was Andrew McMahon, was any of that an influence at the time to, for him, for Thiessen to be doing more piano? Or was possibly Thiessen influencing Andrew McMahon as he's getting ready to leave something corporate or whatever? I don't really know. I don't really understand. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Alex did say, yeah, this could be the worst something corporate song. <laughs> mm. 
This so, is a lovely song. Yeah, I really like this song. And clearly also, to me, this song is written from the point of view of we as a band need a wedding song. Sure. We need like a big wedding march song. Like, <laughs> I think sometimes bands need to sit down and think, what kind of music do our fans need from us? You know what I mean? Like, we need... We, sure. We might need a ballad because like... Say the Ramones. Who we played at our wedding. We, who we played at our wedding. We played Reliant K at our wedding as well. We did. But, like, we loved the Ramones. And the Ramones have a song that's maybe considered, like, one of their detestable, <laughs> sh- like, reaching radio hits, which is Baby I Love You, from the it's album. A cover. It's, it's a cover. They had a lot of covers of old rock and roll songs like that, especially, like, female Motown songs. I think they did a couple of those, right? So they, they love that kind of music, and they would cover those. Well, Baby I Love You... Which is kind of like their collapsible lung, really, right? <laughs> it's it's their five score slash collapsible lung because it's still rock, but it's way overreaching in terms of like changing their sound. And we played "Baby I Love You" at our wedding. Now, if they it didn't was our have cutting the cake song, <laughs> right? If they didn't have "Baby I Love You," we wouldn't really get to play the Ramones at our wedding. Because yeah. what other Ramones songs can you play <laughs> in a setting like that? So I think like a band like Reliant K, maybe they sat down, sat down and said. We need a song that's like kind of a wedding song. And we did not play this song at our wedding. No. We had Sadie Hawkins dance played and another song and they played both songs when they took Danny and I out to take our couples photos because we didn't see each other before the wedding. We were traditional about it. Mm -hmm. And so after they announced us during that and we had our first dance and everything during that very first part of the reception, then after that, when they opened up the dance floor for everyone they took us out to take our couple photos and i heard as we were like because we got married at a country club and it was snowing out but we still took some photos outside and when we came back inside i heard sadie hawkins dance (laughs) playing and i was so bummed because i was like we're missing it and they want us to do more pictures (laughs) yeah well um and I'm sure no one was dancing because we also played Buddy Holly by Weezer and only <laughs> Danny and I were on the dance floor for that one. Um, the key changes in this song are amazing, right? And that's just got to like the best thing. Like those key changes are just fun. I don't know if it's cheap or whatever, but it's just fun. And it definitely sells that whole like this is meant to be played at a wedding or this is meant to like proclaim love in this big grand way so that part's great like honestly by striper exactly i wanted to play honestly by striper at her wedding and jessica at the time well no here's the thing you wanted it as our first dance song (laughs) and i did really consider it but it was so dramatic i was like this is so dramatic danny like yeah but jessica found a way better pick and it's still kind of like spoke to our quirkiness <laughs> which was a phil collins groovy uh, kind of love. love which is also a cover but did you know that yes did you I know? Did. yes you did and so it was like we didn't just want we 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 were like we need just the right touch of like nerd music nerd touches <laughs> in our playlist at our wedding i like I like went over that wedding playlist with like a fine tooth comb. Like our DJ was like, whatever. There was no room for other things. I was like, listen, people can like request things, but make sure you get all these particular songs in. <laughs> like it was the it was the only place where I could even remotely consider myself a bridezilla. Was I was very particular about the music. 
well, this has nothing to do with that. But my last note here is there's these interesting, and I had to wear the big over-the-ear headphones to really get this. But in the background, and maybe we'll hear it because I have a splittered track to listen to later. But there's these echoes of Tyson, and Tyson is also I think there's like multiple uh, tracks of Tyson um, harmonizing with himself, and then there's pro- and there's I'm sure Dave Douglas in there because Dave Douglas is singing in the video. There was also a note on the Wikipedia how this is the only time you see Dave Douglas singing in a music video, even mm-hmm. though he sings back up on so many songs that have music videos. Right. Um, so there's these harmonies that are underneath about a minute into the song that are actually like really random and scattered. Like they're not in time to anything. They're kind of adding to this odd ethereal sound. And I would say put, if you haven't noticed it, put big ear headphones on. I don't even think I can really edit this into the podcast if you're listening to this over a speaker or on on cheaper headphones. But listen to about a minute in and I never caught this before. You hear the same vocals after you hear the main track of the vocal like echoing in the background at very odd times and it's an interesting thing and i wonder what the decision what the layering the wall of soundness happening there was for so and that's the last note i have on the best thing so jessica yes what's your last note on the best thing? <laughs> well i have my deep dive and this song as we've mentioned, for our younger listeners, came out uh, from a time before iPhones, when if you wanted a specific song as a ringtone, you had to buy like a chiptune version of said song from your phone's very antiquated and limited internet. Or you could download ones you or someone else made in a really low quality via like email and the other limited internet capability your phone had. And I found a few links uh, to people who had turned this song into a ringtone back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, you found them. It sounds okay. It sounds okay. It still sounds like a 96 kilobyte. I mean, I would expect it I mean, to sound and way you're, worse. You're still playing this over an iPhone now. You're not even playing right. this over the speakers oh, that are coming you out know, of your singular that phone. Be, that must be where, <laughs> yeah. I remember I tried making like a wave file, my own audio on those early, on some flip phones. I would try to make my own, take a CD, cut out the thing, try to make my own ringtone. And the file would ultimately be so huge. Like, it was the only thing that could fit on my phone. Because those phones you had, had to like, cut them 20... down to, like, yeah, you know, the 30 seconds. But the, the hard drives on those phones, I don't remember what they were, but I think it was, like, it 50. It was not a lot. It was, like, maybe 20 megabytes. Like, it was really small. Here's the second one. Still sounds better. Still sounds like yeah. still sounds like streaming. I feel like today. I need to to bust out my uh, razor flip phone <laughs> and see what it sounded like over that because I feel like I probably had this track. You know what as, I can do as a ringtone at some point. You know what I can do? I can take the song and I'll export like a 19 kilobyte. What's the 12 <laughs> right. kilobyte? Here. I'll edit it in right here. I'm going to put in a 12 kilobyte version of the song now. Right 
And that's what music sounded like over the internet back in 2007. Uh, Then I went over the Wikipedia. We also have a wiki wand, so it's slightly different than the current updated Wikipedia. Right. Here was that album art, by the way, Danny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I found it on the Wikipedia as well. I do remember that image now that I see it. It's very scary. Like, oh, they're cruising. They're cruising. (laughs) They're the Reliant K gang, and they're cruising looking for those... uh, American Hi-Fi. Who are some other fans? I'm only thinking because someone tweeted American Hi-Fi. <laughs> so we're probably going to go over this more when Looking we go over the music fans. video. Looking for Switchfoot. It's like a West Side Story, but for Christian bands. Um, but they basically just detail specifically like the beats of the music video. Oh, okay. The band oh, originally no. announced the video. I thought you like the beats of the music. <laughs> The band originally announced the video when they said that the music video for the song was shot on April 13th, 2007. They announced us at their show at the Avalon with May and Sherwood in Hollywood the day of the shoot. Early screenshots released by the band suggested that this video takes place in an abandoned building or apartment. Upon the video's release on May 30th, 2007, it was revealed that the video's main theme is a girl taking pictures, which turn out to be of the band performing. The pictures that pop up show all the band members playing. The pictures piece together through the video, sometimes showing separate members and sometimes showing multiple views of the same member. It is somewhat made up of animation, which is something Matt Thiessen had wanted in one of their videos. Just one of their videos. (laughs) It is the only Reliant K video where drummer Dave Douglas is shown singing background vocals through a microphone. Okay, we'll see that they carried that info on to the official Wikipedia. Despite the fact that he sings backing vocals for all the songs the band has released videos for since Douglas joined the band. This is... Also, the first video where Matt Thiessen is seen playing the piano. Is it? Because I, like, swear that he played the piano on... um, Be My Escape? Be My Escape, yeah. Despite the fact that he's played piano parts in the previous three songs that the band has made into videos. As of this video, guitarist John Schneck and bassist John Warren have officially been in more Reliant K videos for a total than longtime Reliant K bassist Brian Pittman, who was in the band's first three videos... The video is up to more than 850,000 viewings on YouTube at the time that this wiki wand was posted. Gotcha. Tyson is playing the guitar in the Be My Escape video. Gotcha. I There's at least like a piano in front of him at some point, I feel like. Maybe? No? Am I wrong? Uh, is maybe, this the Berenstein maybe Berenstein when it goes to ma- Maybe when it goes to Magic uh, Flowerland. Hold on. Let's see. But I, I feel like in my head, no, he's still got the guitar. Huh. Well, alrighty. Don't doubt the wiki wand, Jessica. <laughs> Jeez, I'm sorry. Excuse me. And then finally, we have, of course, song meanings. Here we go. <laughs> it's, that, it's that Grand Theft Auto meme. Here we go again. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but it is definitive that this song is about romance with, a, with the person that you want to marry. But then again, that you want to be with forever. with the person that you Well, the other half. Okay, you don't have to put marriage into if you're not a modern. If you're modern and you don't want to marry, that's fine. With the person you want to be romantically linked to forever. Now, in a way, we're all the bridegroom of the Lord. 
Canadag on January 28th, 2007 said, this song is about a girl that has changed his life for the better. Again, there aren't any specific references to differentiate between God and a girl, but these lines make it out. Eyes. Life. To be a person. Because when I looked into your eyes and you dared to stare right back, you should have said, nice to meet you. I'm your other half. Catchiest lines and the best thing on the album right there. Penguin 92 on February 27th, 2007 said one of the catchiest songs off the new CD. Amplified Mouse on March 3rd, 2007 said only two comments. This song means the world to me. Snowbeast 2005. (laughs) Nobody said this before I got here. They didn't know that this song means the world to me. Snowbeast 2005 on March 11th, 2007 said... This song is one of my faves on the album. It's really one of those Reliant K songs that could be about God or a girl. It's about a girl. But to me, it is about a girl. This reminds me a lot of my girlfriend now, who I love since I met, and she feels like my other half. And it's the best thing. Everything he says just seems too true. And it's like the past before we met is nothing. And I've forgotten it. And it's really just reminds me of how it is to have her i love her very much did i say this before if i did i'm saying it one more time you don't go to the lord in prayer and say god i want to make your life as good as you've made mine nobody in the history of christian penitent songwriting or poetry has ever gone to to prayer and said, God, I want to make your life as good as you've made mine. Well, El Nikki on April 23rd, 2007 agrees with you. It says, I agree with the person opinion because really, how can we make God's life as good as he's made ours? Impossible. In all caps. I just also really don't think you refer to God's existence as his life. Right. You just like, that's literally not a way of it being stated. I've ever heard before in anything else ever. It's very romantic, but you must admit it'd be a little weird if you met someone and they said, nice to meet you, I'm your other half, because how could they know unless they're a stalker, but that'd be <laughs> just be even weirder. Anyway, I do love this song. Good job, Maddie T. I don't agree. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I agree with the good job, Maddie T part, but I don't agree with anything else they said. <laughs> I uh, Princess Delilah on... Oh, is this Delilah that's in New York City? Says, on July 3rd, 2007, I adore this song so much. It reminds me of my mister. We've both had a lot of pain and then we found each other. It does sound like the ra- Delilah from the radio. <laughs> I, this, this song makes me feel really <laughs> It reminds me of my mister. Remember Delilah? Does anyone out there ever listen to Delilah? It's been a radio show on the radio <laughs> for like 300 years. <laughs> It's just this lady with a husky voice, like, taking requests for love songs. <laughs> Although Danny's convinced there's multiple Delilahs. Yeah, I, I don't, I think it's like they, they changed the husky voice lady out at times, or regionally or something, like Bozo the Clown. Love LUV4J on July 22nd, 2007 said, I love this song, and though I can see how it could also apply to God, for once I actually agree that this song is about a girl, and how perfect for him she seems. There's four pages of comments, so I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> I think it's way creepier to make this song about God. Yes. I think it's, 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 I understand that Like there's... faking my own suicide. Right. No, yeah, that's the, that's the absolute one where anyone thought faking my own suicide was any kind of allegory for 
the death and resurrection of Christ. I'm like, if you push that narrative, you're literally saying Christ's resurrection was fake. So don't don't say that if that's not what you believe. So I think it's just as creepy to say to and I understand there's a lot of analogies in Christian work about like equating your love of God with like this sort of romance and like basically transposing that type of love into this other type of love. But some of the language in this song is too much for that transposing of those two types of love between God and romantic love with your soulmate. However, your romantic love with your soulmate is also a reflection of God's love. Well, Dan DeMann, obviously not you, Dan DeMann 25 on November 2nd, 2008 does disagree with you because they say, I think this could be about God. When it says, because when I looked into your eyes and you dared to steer right back, you should have said nice to meet you. I'm your other half. It means that God becomes fully a part of you, filling you up. Also, the song says, I'm trying so hard with filling all my heart up. and mind to make your life as good as you have made mine. Meaning the person is trying to please God, but he can't because God has done so much good for him. However, I can see it, how it is probably about a girl. <laughs> but also... He doesn't now. Dan the man here sort of like stretched some facts because they said something along the lines of like, uh, "What did they?" I, you don't have to read it again, but he said so, he basically said, uh, "Trying to make your life as good as you've made mine is trying to give your love back to God, but he knows he can't do it." Well, there's no lyric in here that says that the narrator Tyson knows he can't give his love. There's no... That's the common thing, right? What am I trying to say? That's a very common thing in Christian rock and and stuff where you say, I'm trying to love you, Lord, but I fall so short because I'm just a human. But the lines in here about, I'm trying so hard with all my heart and mind to make your life as good as you've made mine, there's no reference there to the attempt failing. There's no reference to the I'm too I'm falling too short of that, which is also uncommon because in a lot of Reliant K's love songs, there is still that putting the girl when it is definitively about a girl, there's still that putting the girl on the pedestal that I've always kind of rubbed against in past episodes of like you're so beautiful and perfect for me what's what's wrong with you for loving me is <laughs> this he puts that same thing on a girl song as he'll put on god but there's no failure here he says i'm trying so hard with all my heart and mind to make your life as good as you've made mine but then th- that's it that's all he said and it leaves it off with and he's going to succeed or he leaves it off with i'm trying so hard and saying the phrase i'm trying so hard might imply failure but it doesn't. He just means I have to work extra hard. It also can just imply I'm working extra hard because you, the girl I love, deserve me to work extra hard at this. Well, ETI on December 24th, 2013, would like to counter that with, I'll go back to before we met, try and erase the past. If he was referring to a girl, there would be no need to go back to the past because he is just meeting her for the first time. I I think it is God that he is referring to (laughs) and he kind of wants to right his wrongs now that he has accepted him. It's just my opinion. That is just your opinion. And I can counter that. (laughs) I did think of that. I did. Ha- I I forgot to write a note down about that line, so I'm glad that this 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 user from years ago said that. 
I think when you have a romantic, this happens for everyone. When they find a romantic love, you think, where have you been all my life? That is the trope. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> Jessica just made a cute little face like, aw. <laughs> Honestly, where have you been all my life? And Jessica and I play, I was going to say we play mind games, but that's not the correct thing. <laughs> Jessica and I play thought just experiments. Just like that foreigner album. Right. Jessica and I play thought experiments sometime, which I don't think we're the only people to do this, where we imagine like, what if you accidentally got sent back in time? And I knew I needed to you know, before I met you? What if I accidentally got sent back in time to before I met you? And I know I need to do all the things in my life correct. Because it always comes down to like, think of all the little things in life that had to happen. And if they didn't happen, I wouldn't have met you. Like I needed to get to college in Florida. And there's all kinds of little moments in my life that lead me to college in Florida. If those things didn't happen, I wouldn't get there. I wouldn't meet you. So we're always playing these like thought experiments of if you accidentally got sent back into the past, you'd have to recreate everything. We do the same thing with our dog April. We're like, if yeah, we I was gonna say sent- we do it for April more. Yeah, often, was like if we're we got- like, oh man, if we got sent back into the past, we would have to be very careful, careful to do everything the same <laughs> so that the day we go to adopt her, she's still there. Yep. And then we can have all the fun we, can, we want changing yeah, we can history do other, from there. Yeah. Well, when you meet someone, sometimes you feel guilty, like, and and I'll get to it in a second when it comes to Christian evangelical thought, but just in general, you might meet someone and you're like, man, I really wish I realized this was the person for me. And it's like, I was wasting my time until I got to you and, and I want to erase the past and I want to erase all these moments that didn't matter because I didn't have you. That's what that line means. Yes, it also can refer to that, that same idea is similar to the I've met, I have God in my life, I have Christ in my life, and I want to erase my sinful past. Meanwhile, in the evangelical, I kissed dating goodbye sense of it, you have this whole thing of like, you can't gild the lily or whatever, you can't like, just kissing is like giving something away that was meant for you, like trying to date or kiss someone that you're dating or kiss someone you like, but that's not who you end up marrying. That's somehow sinful. So like, and that's bullshit. That's wrong. That did right? come up and meet me in St. Louis. That came up and meet me in St. Louis. Like uh, Judy Garland, she's interested literally in the boy next door. And she's like, well, you know, I just need to get a kiss from him. And her sister is like, oh, you can't give a kiss. Like, they don't. You gotta save that for engagement. Yeah, exactly. And she puts it as like some 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 boys don't like someone who's already had all the bloom off the rose, and they're just talking about kissing, and like and it's ridiculous. So this user, uh, this song meanings user, is like, well, you can't. You don't want to go back and erase the past for someone you meet that you fell in love with. You want to erase your past of sin only for God. Not true, because in the I Kiss Dating Goodbye and evangelical way of purity culture and everything, there's this, there and there absolutely was at the time, and probably still is today, but absolutely was at the time of, like, you gotta, like, keep yourself absolutely pure for only the one you're supposed to marry, and you court them, and you only kiss them, like, the day you are engaged and all this stuff, and as soon as you meet them, you say, I'm gonna be your first and only boyfriend. Wait, <laughs> forget that last part. So I just, so I would counter everything that that last uh, song meanings user said with that. Like, there's absolutely the exact same sentiment about erasing the past when you find a romantic love. So this song, like we said, has a music video 
by Reliant K. Have you seen this video in a, in a long time, Jess? No, it has been a minute. I watched it preparing for the episode, so um, let's watch it real quick, and then we'll check out the splitter track after that. So this is only on GodTube. It is on YouTube. <laughs> it's only today on GodTube, but it is technically on YouTube. I actually did like a deep search on YouTube to find it. It's not listed right now. Um, I had to like find it through a Twitter link that the best thing music video is still on Reliant K's YouTube channel, but it's like removed or it's blocked for some reason right now. Gotcha. I know something similar happened with MXPX for a long time where you couldn't see the Chick Magnet music video because the, you know, Capital or whoever actually had it blocked, even though MXPX themselves, obviously it's their video. By the time they cleared that up for Chick Magnet, the same problem hit for responsibility. So now you can see Chick Magnet on YouTube, but you can't see responsibility. So I don't know if the best thing has the same issue or if the band themselves decided to set it to private or unlisted or whatever. Well, it's not unlisted because if it was unlisted, if you found the link, you'd be able to play it. So it's private. Well, it's still on GodTube. I ripped it off GodTube to make sure we have a copy. So here was the video to remind you. I see a man playing the drums. Uh, Um, A man. I see a Dave playing the drums. Now I see a bunch of boys in a dilapidated building. Oh, and there's a lady with a camera. So it is the boys from Canton. Uh, Looking very 2007. And the other two from other places. (laughs) In this dilapidated downtown LA loft. And it's... To call it animation is a little... Uh, yeah, that's a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Because what it is, is it's some sort of After Effects thing where it's like all these photos on a table, and the photos on the table are the video we're watching. And they're doing like fun things with it where like there's two photos on the table, so you see two angles or Look at this multiple snappy shots white jacket Tyson is wearing. What is this <laughs> jacket? <laughs> so then the girl is going around in her very emo hair and very emo look like it's that it's that 17 magazine how to be emo yep. girl <laughs> and she's taking an instamatic camera around she's in and a taking t-shirt pictures with like a scarf yeah she's not just taking pictures of the band like the wiki wand said but she's taking pictures out on the street as well yeah but then she's also in the studio taking pictures of them and throwing the pictures down meanwhile miles away from the band <laughs> so it's it's a fun way to take like a very basic video of just the band playing in a room and then a few cuts of a girl taking photos. At least keeps it visually interesting by having all these different frames and these different sections of footage uh, represented by these photos on a table. You know what I mean? It's not the most creative yeah. thing. Like I could literally create this today. I couldn't have created this 10 years ago when we were in film school. But I know enough now about Photoshop and premiere that I could recreate this video if I had the footage. Sorry, all I can think is, sorry ladies, most of them are married. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no story to speak of like there is with must have done something right or uh, what's the one with the what's the one with the superpower? (laughs) Uh, uh, Who I am is who I've been. With the time-traveling lady. Oh, right. Is this the same lady? She's got very similar hair. She's got no, that same... No, I think same... it's just the same hair. <laughs> it's just the same hair. Okay. 
So I don't think that there's like a big story thing that happens. I think it's just all the same stuff. Yeah, this, this features hoops and his looks like Danny Faye's. Oh yeah. I always think of hoops as looking like my friend Johnny that I used to go to Reliant K shows with, especially because my friend Johnny and hoops are both obsessed with guitar pedals. Right. So that just solidifies <laughs> it in my mind. <laughs> so there was, yeah, I love that, that lift the best thing is. It? And that's Dave. Like I could tell now that's Dave. Mm-hmm. But when we started this podcast, it's been a theme of me listening to Reliant K songs with Dave on them that, like, I can't tell when it's Dave. It just sounds so much to me like Tyson. And Dave Douglas recently replied to us on something where, I'm sorry, I don't remember who. I didn't save the, the tweet. But someone tweeted how they think Matt Tyson is, like, the best vocalist of all time. And then I just had to glom onto that and be like, well, then I have to, by association say that Dave Douglas deserves that as well because I can never tell when it's Dave Douglas singing on an album and then Dave replied to us for I think the first time and followed us and said wow thank you so much because I can't imagine that my voice is like Matt's but that's what happened there and Jessica's double checking to get that credit for that tweet while I prepare oh yep it's tricycle it's tricycle that's what I thought it was tricycle on Twitter who said that who I Stole their thunder <laughs> and then kissed Dave Douglas's ass, which <laughs> no, I wasn't Danny. specifically trying to do. Um, also, Brady told me that you need a timeout because you tweeted. Because <laughs> when I looked into your eyes and you dared to stare right back, I should have said, Nice to meet you, but wow, you need a bath. I like to. Sometimes I think oh, a little Danny. jokes that I'm like, Well. I already thought about it before we recorded the show, so it's probably not going to come up naturally, so I'll just tweet it out now. Uh, you, you do indeed need a timeout, Dan. <laughs> well, before that, we got a couple more things to listen to. So here's a splittered track that I found with the vocals, you know, processed out as much as is possible when you're, you know, not working with the original stems of the song, when you just take the song as it exists on the album and try to process the vocals out as much as you can here is a you know they call it an instrumental but it's an unofficial instrumental with that splittering uh and this is by collapsible collapsible underscore lung Well, now I can really pay attention to the piano in this song. So you have the tinkly piano, and then you have this bass thing going dun dun. See, these are the musicality things that I, feel I can't like suss I need out to put on my you own. in time out again. <laughs> no, I'm doing fine. But that's, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say because we can't talk about like the musicality of things. And we definitely don't know, uh, like, I know a little bit more about guitar, say, than I know about piano. But I'm like, yeah, you can do that with two hands, right? One, t- one The left hand could be going, and then the right hand could be going, dong, dong. Yeah, that's how a piano works. 
So it's during the, I'll go back to before we met, try to erase the past. It's during that part where there's all these ethereal echoes of, you know, not perfectly in time, but I, you can't really hear it in the splitter track, but that's where it happens. So let's hear anything else we got. <laughs> there's a 2013 acoustic performance that Thiessen did at a show, which I guess would have been around the time of Collapsible Lung. And it's probably one of the, if not the latest performance of the show. I didn't, of the song. I didn't double check set list to see if they ever played it in 2016. But if they did, it was never on YouTube. No. This is must have done something right. This is must have done something right. Now that's something that came up. That's the funny thing. When I listened to it earlier... When I listened to it earlier, it didn't click in my head because I was going through things really quickly. But yeah, this is what it was on the right. So you know how there's that thing where I, I think doing this podcast has helped resolve that issue. But there's some song titles by Reliant K that just sound very similar to yes. other ones. And I mix yes. them up. Sahara and Savannah <laughs> the same thing, yeah. was the thing I did all the time. And there's other ones. <laughs> It seemed like a lot of people on YouTube mixed up the best thing and must have done something right here and there. Because there's a couple of tracks I found called the best thing that were actually must have done something right. But now I'm really disappointed because I listened to this for just a couple of seconds when I was doing my research. And I was like, wow, this is like Tyson, like totally doing the song in a different collapsible right. style way. And it's not that at all. But <laughs> we could listen because we've already done must have done something right. Here's must have done something right if Tyson recorded it for collapsible lungs. <laughs> it just totally changes what, what uh, this discussion was supposed to be, but here we go. The best thing. Whoa. <laughs> so forget that one then. We got the McDonald's live. We got uh, that tour. We got... Um, <laughs> because this video is not on YouTube, there is someone recording their screen watching the video, watching the music video. And that's the only version that's on YouTube, technically. That just exists. There's Rock the Boat. We got to talk about Rock the Boat. And then we'll play Leno. And then we'll get into covers and stuff. So here is Reliant K playing this song for the... Evan Almighty premiere, Rock of the Boat. <laughs> the greatest moment of Reliant K's professional career is when I think this I think this is at Universal Studios or something. We've played something from this. Oh yeah, before, no, because this, was, this yeah. is a whole taped concert. Right. There's a couple of songs, and it's been a while since we've gotten a Rock the Boat song. Just like how, you know, there's that show in Orlando that you were at. Uh and we finished all of those videos. The Hard Rock Live Orlando. Right. We finished all of those. I don't know if this is the last Rock the Boat video we have <laughs> to do for the podcast overall. But here is this one. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Uh, this is going to be another new one. And it's uh, pretty self-explanatory. This song is called The Best Thing. It's been a year filled with problems 
Well, there's Tyson using two hands on the piano, as I implied is possible for a musician to do, because I know everything about music. But he's only doing the tinkle. He's only doing the 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 nice like like. He's not doing the dun dun. He's not doing that with his other hand. So, is this just is that just asking too much to hear that live? Jessica looks so done with my antics, especially because she's she's filled with COVID and. Jessica's filled with COVID and hate for me. <laughs> At the beginning of our 12th year of marriage. Resentment. Not hate, resentment. Some people get the seven year itch. I've got the 12 year. And you say. Well, not in my opinion, because I'm not loving the sound of this live version. Yeah. Maybe that's why they stopped playing it live now. Although, I no, I have some other videos later that we'll definitely have to play another uh, an actual tour video to make up for that one. Because that just doesn't sound very good. I don't know if that's the processing, if that's the way the Rock the Boat people wanted it. Is that the way the Evan Almighty director was like, if you're going to use Reliant K to promote my movie, I want them to sound this way. Well, here's how they actually sounded on Polly Sci Alex's favorite talk show, <laughs> <laughs> The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Uh, oh, at the beginning of quarantine, Jessica and I watched that. Uh, we watched The Late Shift or whatever that was called, the TV movie yeah. that documented how, you know, uh, Carson left and, and how there was a fight for The Tonight Show and how Dave Letterman got David Letterman got his show and everything. And then that led to weeks of me just explaining to Jessica who had what TV shows at what time and what years, and I got things wrong. And then I was, like, talking about how Fox tried this. I was and, like, okay, thanks, Grandpa. How... <laughs> yeah. My next guest is the top punk band from Ohio, currently out on tour tonight. They're performing their latest single from their brand-new CD, Five Score, and seven years ago, please welcome Reliant K. You know, sorry, I see how uh, Jay Leno can kind of be like the Joel Osteen of talk show hosts. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> this sounds amazing, by the this way. This sounds way, way better. Of I'm just, course. Just looking at Jay Leno, and especially in 2007, getting real close to oh, the Joel, end of his first run. <laughs> that was my Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> but I can kind of see how, like, it's like... Yeah, whatever. You get what I'm saying. Anyway, this sounds way better. Let's listen to more of this. Oh, 
Way better than uh, Must Have Done Something Right. Remember, I think it was that on Conan. Mm-hmm. We weren't crazy about Must Have Done Something Right being performed on Conan. It sounded way off to us. And then us, some other people really liked it. I think... And I don't remember. I thought Daniel didn't like it. Uh, Daniel, you can see my socks. But I definitely want to hear that big lift in the end and see how that sounded on The Tonight Show because that's the best part of the song. Thank you. Okay, I went too far, but that was still pretty cool. <laughs> Let's go back a little bit more. I always knew I found someone I never dreamt it'd be like this. Cause you've surpassed all that I've hoped for and ever wished. And I'm trying so Oh, so they don't do the lift the same way. That Why does it sound like he says the best thing is that it's happening to me? <laughs> Maybe he's just short of breath. <laughs> the best thing is that it's happening to me. I mean, is that the way the song ends? You have to double check the lyrics. It's very, uh... I didn't get that in, yeah, I didn't get that in depth with the lyrics, but maybe the last lyric is the best thing is that happening to me. I guess they don't do the lift the same way that they did on the album. Hmm. Well, maybe it's a little harder to perform live, you know. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Come on up here. I want to talk about Jerry Louis Dreyfus. See, nineties Leno was like, hey, Leno, mm-hmm. but then like mid two thousands Leno was like. ends with uh and the best thing is that it's happening to you and me okay it could also be the like that whole thing talk about the ramones because (laughs) joey ramone you know uh, blitzkrieg bop that's the lyric but you watch any live video yeah he's like because it's like i'm not gonna say the whole thing i'm just gonna do an (laughs) approximation that's enough for this live crowd so one other thing that's important to watch is that during the Warp Tour around this time, they would play this song, but they would open it with this Kanye West cover, and I forgot to write down the name of the song, and I do not remember <laughs> or know the name of this Kanye West song. <laughs> 
So uh, the Good Life. So this is so they would do a cover of the Good Life by uh, you know a short one by Kanye West, and then that would launch into the best thing. And uh, there's a ton of videos of this song being played on the 2008 Warp Tour. Uh, this one is from October 17th, 2008. It doesn't say what city, but it has the fullest cover of this Kanye West section that I found. Some people would just get the tail end of it. Some people would cut it out entirely and only play the best thing. So here's The Good Life by Kanye West, as performed by Relying K, into The Best Thing at Warp Tour. Everything about it, we feel like it's been a privilege to be a part of it all summer, from first to last, every date of this thing playing anywhere from first to last every day. We call it the good life, but don't take my word for it. Kanye West puts it better. This song is called The Best Thing. Funny how that works. Oh, yeah, I remember that song. Yeah, I vaguely remember it, too. But, I mean, I was definitely not listening to major radio in 2008-ish. It must be Ethan back there, but I can't see him past... past Tyson's piano from this angle. But I just realized it's all of the Bird and the B-Sides backdrops on the stage and so i would like to see if ethan is gonna sing dave's parts in this song but i can't actually see it and i could go find one of the other dozens of youtube videos and check one of those but this podcast is getting towards two hours and jessica's playing with toys now (laughs) (laughs) there are toys on the table and she just started playing with them let's just hear a little bit of how this sounded at warp tour to just get a good flavor of how they could perform this song live in a proper concert setting, a festival setting as well. How did it work with lugging pianos around on Warp Tour? How many piano bands played at Warp Tour, and how many like pianos had to be lugged around <laughs> during Warp Tour? Because he has a full upright piano on Warp Tour. I mean, I don't know if you understand the, the significance of that. Drums are lugged around, and that's stuff. true. Like... But you know, the thing about Warp Tour is it's like a carnival. Gotcha. It's more than I, I forgot. Like I went to Warp Tour a couple of times. It's more like a carnival, like the way they would just like ship out and have to set up these full festival sets gotcha. every day or whatever, and like the the stages would go up. The same way carnivals used to transport pianos, Danny. Yes, but did, <laughs> but did they do it in one day? Yes. Okay, all right. I guess you're right. That's how carnivals work. Well, there's a lot of music videos and covers and stuff, but a lot of cursed covers. I'm actually thinking that for the first time in a while, we're going to do a Patreon about all these different covers because we haven't split the covers off into a Patreon episode in a long time, but there are so many this week that that feels like probably that feels like the best thing, the best thing that we could be doing. (laughs) So I will say, uh, 
here someone just put pictures of their dog together. This is, a, <laughs> this is a tribute to Rocky. Uh, I can't even begin to sp- to pronounce this YouTube name. So H, no, I, I can say it. H Toshiro for TFK. Is it John Schneck's dog, channel. Rocky? Oh, I don't know. Does he also have a dog named Rocky? Well, this dog's from 12 years ago. So, and this dog looks a little older already 12 years ago. So probably not. And this is pics of the dog named Rocky, uh, who is the best thing that could be happening for H. Toshiro. So to me, so I'm feeling like everyone always debates, is this Reliant K song about a girl or God? But really you could ask, is this Reliant K song about a girl (laughs) or dog? Because clearly it's about Rocky. Very nice dog. Very beautiful, sort of husky-type dog. Might be a little bit of a mix. Drinking from a giant bin of water. (laughs) Uh, There's a tribute to actor Alex O. Lawton, who was in something. I don't know. There's a couple of literal... Well, no, they can't be literal teen FMVs because the lyrics are a little too abstract. Like, they're, you know... About couples, they have to create. They had they had to invent some more story. There's a Lego FMV, but probably way more important. Before I end on what I'm going to end on, there's a lot of covers. There's tons of piano covers because this is a piano song. Piano dreamers. These are the things you can look forward to over on Patreon. There's some cursed piano covers. There's the sort of like a full emo acoustic band. Like a the band is called Jump, and they have a very emo voice. There's a lot of people. Who And this shows to me why Reliant K is not properly an emo band. When when you throw the emo label on them, it doesn't actually mean what you think it means. Because this song has a lot of people doing the emo voice in their covers. And I'm like, Tyson's voice is not the emo voice. Here's some covers showing the emo voice, if you don't believe me. And you can hear all those at Patreon. Uh, There's a number of wedding performances of this. Like a woman in like a beautiful dress holding an acoustic guitar playing the guitar oh, wow. for the bride and groom as they take the stage. There is one that I'm really looking forward to over at patreon.com slash Pod, where they're still in the middle of the wedding. And he sits down with a guitar and she has the lyrics in hand and oh, they perform wow. the song oh, together wow. as bride and groom still at the podium is that what you call it still there with the <laughs> minister and everything and god and their family before them and they perform the song live in their wedding not the reception in their wedding but instead so but we'll what we'll end with is the most important thing something that doesn't come up nearly as much as it should but absolutely should come up for a song from 2007 and that is this fmv by one Eric Edward fan one Eric Edward fan I don't understand what the Eric part means but it's a shipping video for Bella and Edward it's more than just a shipping music video for Bella and Edward just keep watching for a second I think it happened and you might have missed it it's just lots of footage of Bella and Edward them having lots of fun doing lots of different stuff we're waiting for something to happen there it is oh my gosh they, they just cut in footage there they it is there's Tyson. Tyson was in twilight don't you remember 
they cut and this so was John Schneck's guitar. <laughs> <laughs> they cut this together in that classic, like, promotional music video right. way. Where you have the actual band performing, and then you cut in clips of the video of the movie. You know, it's funny because earlier I was gonna make a joke like, "How did Paramore get in the Twilight soundtrack and not really right. with this song?" Especially because Twilight and Paramore <laughs> know each other pretty well, and <laughs> Reliant K oh. and Paramore. What did not I say? Twilight Twi- and Paramore. Well, Twilight and Paramore also know each other pretty well. You gotta forgive me. I have COVID. Wait, no. <laughs> Rude. So, so Twilight, it's it was the best thing that could have been happening in 2007 before we were married even. Yeah. 2008. 2008, <laughs> I was gonna say. 2008 was Twilight, and we talk about it all the time when Twilight comes up. But I said to Jessica, I want to take you to this movie Twilight. I think you'll like it. She had no idea what Twilight was. Nope. I knew that Harry Potter had ended a couple years before, both literal in the literal set in the literary, both in the literary sense, but also in the movie sense. It was just about to end, and I said to Jessica, "I'm like, I I think a lot of people have moved on to this Twilight series, and it's but it's a little bit more for girls, and you might like it. You're in your twenties, but whatever." And I took I took I was like twenty. Period. Yeah, there you go. Still basically a teenager. And, which might be creepy because I was just about to marry you, so I shouldn't be saying you were still just like a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Happy anniversary. So. (laughs) I might have been 21. (laughs) So I, uh, yeah, so I said to Jessica, I'm taking, I want to take you to this movie Twilight. I think you'll like it. And she's like, whatever, whatever. We come home. She's like, I got to buy the books. Do they have merchandise? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that first Twilight movie and we watched Brutal Moose who's a YouTuber I follow he reviewed uh-huh. the first Twilight movie and Jessica's Brutal Moose is one of the few YouTubers I watch that she can stomach and she's like he better not <laughs> I didn't say that I didn't say <laughs> that at all I was just like he was like he had only just seen it for the first time and I'm like this movie and he's like oh and they're like saying whatever about it and I'm like this movie wasn't meant for him <laughs> or his other friend who was like on the thing with him I'm like this 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 franchise was not meant for them. Stop, Danny. Danny's doing the Kristen just... Stewart hair thing. <laughs> so anyway. I'm going to go pass out now. Yeah, you go pass out. And I love you. And we'll be back next time on Sadie Hawkins. Oh, we didn't we didn't rate the song. Oh, oh, oh. I like this song about the same. Exactly. Because I loved it then and I love it now. See you later.